Are you ready to change your life for the better? Welcome to Mind Body Budget. I'm your host, Maddie Rose, and I'm here to give you realistic tips for your personal growth journey. The key to bettering your life is to take baby steps that slowly develop into long-lasting change. We can all improve our life, and I'm excited to help you along the way. I hope everyone is doing well. Fall is in the air, and it is so, so amazing. Except for I binged all of Stranger Things a little too quickly, and now my life feels meaningless without it. I definitely need to find a different show to get addicted to, so let me know if you guys have any suggestions. And let's go ahead and jump into this week's episode. As you may know, I've worked in finance the last couple of years, and I've been committed to reading self-help books the last five-plus years. I love to learn and to discover useful tips on personal growth to make my life better. I believe that everybody should have access to resources on mental health, bodily wellness, and money mindfulness. I want to share what I've learned so this podcast can be a resource that you can use to help you on your self-development journey. You deserve to treat yourself with kindness by taking care of your mind, body, and budget. So let's get into it. As I emphasized in my last episode, financial wellness largely impacts every single dimension of wellness. Having your finances under control can lower your stress and open up so many opportunities. While everybody's financial situation looks different, there are some overall practices that you can do now to improve where you're at. It may seem counterintuitive to care so much about money when it can be a stressful, or seemingly selfish thing to care about. But I'm here to remind you that money is powerful. It is a powerful building block, and budget doesn't have to be a bad, uncomfortable word either. I hope that I can help you see that having a budget or a plan in place is how you intentionally build the life that you want. So today I'm sharing five beginner financial wellness tips that you can take note of and possibly put into action this month to improve your financial wellness. Disclaimer before I begin, These are just suggestions that might be helpful for you. If you determine that integrating some of these tips is not feasible or doesn't fit into your financial plan, that's okay too. It's your money and your choice. So let's get started. Coming in first, I want you to get a very clear idea of where your finances are at and plan some type of budget. Start by calculating an average of how much income you make every month. This can be difficult if you live off tips or if you have your own business so your income fluctuates. But you can look at an average of what you make per month. I make an hourly wage, so this was easy for me to get a clear amount of how much I make regularly. And for your monthly income number, make sure to add any income that you receive monthly. After you have that number, I want you to track your monthly spending so you know exactly how much you're spending and where your dollars are going. A good way to do this is to refer to your monthly bank account statement or transaction history. You'll want to tally up where you are spending your money on your credit cards and debit cards. I find it best to review the previous month of transactions and calculate where your money was going for every single purchase so you know exactly how much you spent on what. You can do this by categorizing where you spent money such as restaurants, gas, alcohol, entertainment, groceries. When I did this, I was shocked at how much I was spending every month at Casey's gas stations to purchase drinks and snacks and alcohol, things that are not gas. You might be surprised at how much you're spending on certain things like eating out, monthly subscriptions, alcohol, Amazon, or one of my favorites, Target. I don't trust myself to go to Target very often. 
once you look back at your spending for a month and track where every dollar went, you can determine where you're sitting with your finances. If you're spending more than you're making every month, this can be a red flag. If you are regularly spending more than you make, then there is a good chance you are accumulating debt. To accurately assess your financial situation, you'll also want to determine your debt number. I know this can be an uncomfortable step in checking your financial health. I'm lucky to say I'm not in debt anymore after spending years paying it off, but the last debt I had was for the last car I purchased. I was paying the minimum on the monthly payments and ignored the total amount that I was in debt, only to find out later that I owed more than I originally borrowed because of the way the interest compounded on my payment. That was upsetting. After realizing that, I luckily refinanced my car to a better interest rate. I encourage you to do the same if you can refinance to a lower interest rate on your debt that can save you a lot of money in the long run. But that's why it's important to review the balances that you're carrying in debt because if the interest is outpacing your payments, you are unknowingly growing a larger debt. For your best financial health, it's vital that you know the full truth of how much debt you have so you can make an informed payment plan to get rid of it as fast as possible. While yes, there are some quote healthy forms of debt that are worth taking on, for example a mortgage, there are so many unhealthy forms of debt for things like cars which depreciate in value the second you drive off the lot. So keep an eye on your debt, especially the high interest kind. After this step, you will have three numbers. First, your incoming monthly amount that you make. Second, the outgoing monthly amount that you are spending. And third, the amount of debt you are holding. Now, what are you going to do with these numbers, you ask? Make a budget. Think about what's important that your dollars are going towards after your monthly income has been applied to your necessities like bills, gas, groceries. I want to note that debt should also be regarded as a highly important necessity for you to pay off. Paying off your high interest debt will help you save so much money in the long run, but your budget will need to take into account your financial goals. So that leads to my next topic. My second tip for improving your financial wellness is to create financial goals to be excited for and to include these goals as allocations in your budget. So once the boring stuff, meaning the bills and necessities you have to take care of are paid for, find the number of what you have to spend on yourself at the end of the month. From here, you will obviously want some wiggle room to spend on the things that make you happy in your daily life. Maybe Starbucks, sushi, or Netflix subscription, books, or Target trips. It's so important to spend on things that make you happy. But it's a good idea to give yourself a number to cap out on for your personal expenses so you don't go overboard. And when you have your number, you can allow yourself to spend that much on the things that make you happy without any guilt. It can take time and experimentation to come to a number that makes sense for your budget. You don't want to restrict yourself too much, but you should also be self-disciplined and put money towards your short and long-term financial goals beyond your monthly spending habits. It's valuable to set goals for yourself so you have a clear direction. When you have a goal, then you can develop a plan and steps to reach that goal. Short-term goals could be things that you want to achieve within a few months up to a year, and long-term goals could take years to reach, maybe even decades. I also want to mention that once your financial goals are set, you should reevaluate them every once in a while to make sure that the goal is something you still want. It's normal for our goals and desires to change over time. Write down those goals so you can regularly remind yourself of them. I like to keep my goals written down on a sheet of paper that I keep in my calendar. And once you have those financial goals in place, you can put away an amount every month to go towards that goal. 
Even small amounts can make a difference. Please remember that. You can put away $50 per paycheck, and if you're paid twice per month, that's $1,200 after a year. And if you put those funds into a high-yield savings account, you will be paid interest for your savings, which brings me to my next point. My third tip for your financial wellness is to save at a higher interest rate by opening up a high-yield savings account, especially right now when interest rates are high. That means you're getting a larger amount of interest paid to you simply for keeping your money in a high-yield savings account. I can't believe I didn't do this sooner. I used to keep thousands of dollars in a bank account that paid something like a few pennies every month. You can open up a high-yield savings account and be paid so much more than that. I looked up the national average for interest rates on regular savings accounts, and according to a CNBC article, which I'll link in the show notes, the average national annual percentage yield on savings accounts is just 0.42%, according to the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, otherwise known as the FDIC. With a high-yield savings account, you can make 4% or more, which is almost 10 times more earned interest than what you would make by keeping your money in a regular savings account. And most high-yield savings accounts do not charge fees, although some do, so you'll want to keep an eye out for that. There are many different high-yield savings accounts offered by different banks. For simplicity, you can even see if your credit card company that you use or your bank offers this account type. Or you can simply search high-yield savings accounts into Google and open one online. Not only is it a great idea to open up a high-yield savings account, but you should save an emergency fund for rainy days and keep that emergency fund in your high-yield savings account so those funds are collecting interest as well. It's typically recommended that an emergency fund has three to six months of living expenses, so the amount saved will look different for everybody. And if you can't reasonably save that much because of your monthly expenses, I want to remind you that any type of savings is better than no savings at all. As an example, when I was in a lot of debt from buying a car, I realized that I would be making a lot more money by paying off my debt faster rather than saving those funds even if they were in a high-yield savings account, because the interest rate I was paying on my debt was higher than the interest rate that I would be making back on cash in a high-yield savings account. So at that time, I definitely focused on throwing any extra dollars at my debt. But I still wanted to build a small savings as a safety net, so I saved $25 every paycheck to get started. You will be grateful for that safety net if you have an unexpected expense. The importance of a safety net brings this story to mind. Several years ago, I had two flat tires when I was driving home from work. It was the middle of winter, and I broke down next to a Taco Bell, and I was sitting there sobbing into my COVID face mask, wondering where everything went so wrong in my life. I was extremely upset because a portion of the money I intended to spend on buying Christmas presents was going to be used for new tires. Fun! And I'm sure you can guess that was before I got my finances built to a comfortable place. And you can bet that I did not have a savings account or any type of emergency fund then. I was living paycheck to paycheck, but an emergency fund in this situation would have been incredibly helpful. You will thank yourself later for having an emergency fund. And next, on my fourth tip for improving your financial wellness, make sure you're making enough income to support your lifestyle. This is easier said than done, but making more money is the most direct method of improving your finances. This step can mean doing a few different things. If you aren't making enough to fund your life, then it might be time to ask your boss for a raise. If you aren't able to make more at your current position, but you really want to keep that job, it might be beneficial for you to look into a second job or a side hustle that demands a smaller amount of your time compared to your 9 to 5. 
And ultimately, if you want to make more and your current job is not keeping up with the rate of inflation or paying you what you deserve, it's time to find a job that pays you what you're worth. This can be the solution for people who are not making enough money and who cannot realistically decrease the monthly expenses to have enough left over for savings, investing, or non-necessities that make you happy. And I'm not saying to quit your job this month. Please do not interpret that as what I am saying. I just want you to start thinking about other options because we tend to get very comfortable in our jobs or relationships or habits that just repeat over and over again. Something that you can do this month that might seem like a manageable step in this process is to dig out your resume and give it an update. You want to make sure to add any relevant experience or skills that you've developed since you've submitted it last. Having an updated resume is never a bad idea even if you aren't actively looking for a job. It can help you feel prepared in the event of an unexpected loss of your job, and you can use this if or when you apply for new jobs. I don't want you to quit your job until you have something else lined up, or if you do have a comfortable amount of savings to give yourself the flexibility to be unemployed while searching for a new job, that's fine too, but it just kind of depends where you're at personally. You might even try lining up interviews just to explore how much money you can make by switching jobs. I'm encouraging you to research and discover opportunities. The highest pay grades I've ever received was by getting hired at a new company. And lastly, the fifth tip I have for you is to start saving for retirement or increase the percentage of your check that's already going towards retirement savings. This can be one of the hardest financial wellness tips to follow because we as humans don't want to wait for a delayed gratification. It's ultimately how we're hardwired. We'll often choose instant gratification over delayed gratification. But there will be a day that you will want to retire, and I think most of us want that day to come sooner rather than later. It makes me excited to think about retiring earlier by saving more now. I recently started hearing about the FIRE movement of financial independence, retire early. I'm honestly probably late in the game, but that sounds fantastic to me. I'm from the Midwest, so give me a break for these trends, you know, kind of hitting late. While I'm relatively new to these financial ideas, there are plenty of well-informed content creators out there that focus on financial independence. You will almost never regret having more money saved. If you work full-time, a lot of employers offer some some type of retirement plan and employer matches, which is free money. An employer match means that an employer literally matches up to a certain amount of money that you contribute to your retirement account. Typically, employer matches will work up to a certain percentage, but you should definitely be taking advantage of free money. Each plan is different, so you'll want to clarify with your employer what amount that they'll match up to. It is never too early to start saving for retirement. And if you don't have a retirement account through your employer, you certainly have the option to open up a retirement account at a brokerage. Just remember that you have to invest the money that is deposited into the account, as it will not happen automatically, unless you have an account type that's managed for you. Regardless of the retirement account that you have, you will thank yourself for starting early because you have more time to allow your retirement savings to compound and grow. The power of compounding interest and earnings over a long period of time is your key to growing your finances. And that wraps it up, five ways to improve your financial wellness this month. I hope this information was helpful and that these tips can help you get started towards financial wellness. If some of the tips aren't something you feel ready to put into action just yet, that's okay too. I want to get you thinking about what you can do to improve your financial life, even if that means starting with baby steps and making your way there slowly over time. Thank you for listening to Mind Body Budget, and I'll be here to give you realistic tips for your personal growth journey next week.